To stay in shape, you have to hit the pavement. You have to put in some hard work and sweat along the way. Many of the same principles apply when it comes to money. Let's whip that portfolio into shape. It's time for Financially Fit with Kyle Hammersmith. Hey everybody, welcome into the final edition of the podcast for the year of 2021. This is Financially Fit with Kyle Hammersmith, President and Investment Advisor Rep at Mocan Wealth Management. And we're going to finish up with the other half of our 22 money resolutions for 2022. So as always, don't forget to subscribe to us on Apple, Google, Spotify, iHeart, Stitcher, all that good stuff. You can simply do that at those sites on the podcast uh, app that's probably on your phone already, or just stop by Kyle's website at mocanwealth.com. Kyle, let's get into these last uh, 11 of this list. But first, how you doing, buddy? How was your Christmas? Pretty good. Stuffed. Got enough <laughs> sweets in me. So yeah. 2022 is looking like it's going to be a good one. Well, it's right around the corner. So we are dropping this a few days beforehand. So uh, as the year's winding down. So hopefully maybe these will give you a few good insights along the way. You might even be checking this out in January. So let's get right into it and look at some money tips or money resolutions for 2022. Let's start off with check your credit. It's a new year. It's If it's been a while, it's complimentary a lot of times. You can usually get these done annually at, uh, by the different places for free. So jump in there. Yeah. Checking your credit. I think most people have a good idea of what that is. You know, typically if, if you're in your 50s and 60s, it's been checked enough. You know, with your loan processes and everything you do with buying homes and everything. But it's always a good thing to check your credit. Just always to monitor take, it, if nothing else, right? Yeah. Just, I would always say... Not so much check it, but have a credit monitoring in place. Yeah. Because you it's not something about like I would say, yeah, checking is okay. Monitoring it is at the top of the list. Like you take advantage of there's so much stuff out there with softwares or even like free access to stuff just to make sure everything's accurate, but mm -hmm. also making yep. sure everything's in good standing and there's no, nothing fishy going on. Yeah. And even if you've got your mortgage and things and you don't plan on ever moving, I mean, it still affects little things you don't think about like car insurance rates and cell phone, all that kind of stuff, you know, rates and things of that nature. So when you have to, if you have to go get a new phone or something, so just, you know, it's something to do. It's an easy thing. It's free monitor it just to kind of make sure there's nothing wonky going on on there. So that's a pretty easy one. Number 13, let's check those fees while we're checking things as well, Kyle, especially if you're talking about from a retirement account or portfolio standpoint, what is it costing you? Yeah, I was, this is a good one. I was just sitting down with someone recently that's came through my classes and going through my process and they were with one of these big retail firms. I'm not going to mention the name or anything, you know, but we just did run like a, a fund analysis. So typically you most people are going to have their money within like funds, right? Like mutual funds, index funds, ETFs, or Target like funds date, whatever, at work. Right? And then if they're maybe working with more someone that's more competent or has access to more stuff, they're going to have themselves some individual stocks. Like there's not one better way than the other. Okay. But we ran a fund analysis and literally every single thing they're invested in had a, a front load mutual fund cost of 5.75%. Basically, I was like, you guys got married before ever going on a date, right? You paid everything up front in exchange for not really knowing how long you're going to be in the funds and kind of what how they're going to perform. Like the cost of investing is very important, but like don't just assume like, hey, Vanguard's cheaper, right? They're better. Uh -huh. That doesn't that does not mean that's how that's not how it works. Cheaper doesn't mean better. More expensive doesn't mean better. You have to understand what's the value and what you're paying for. For some people it's like they're paying their advisor 1.5, 1% to just manage their money, right? So the, what's the value in that? Well, you're hoping long-term, one, they can like do what the market does or beat the market, but they're also going to kind of avoid you from making any costly mistakes, right? That's why people are paying me is like, 
making sure we're making the right decisions, making sure we're invested properly, but more importantly, making sure they're not doing anything that could cost them additional money, like fleeing to bonds when the markets are going down or not being invested or properly or anything like that. Yeah. Um, so, so you can basically use an advisor if you don't know how to cover that type of stuff. But a lot of these, a lot of that stuff's kind of baked into the cake, like those hidden fees to like 401ks and all those mutual funds they find there. I call them baked into the cake fees where you don't really see them. They're kind of hidden. And the more those add up, the more it's kind of just slowing you down. Exactly. Yeah. So get them checked, run through it. And again, that's a, a good one that ties back to number six, which was getting together with a financial advisor so they can help you go through those and find out what it's truly costing you. Uh, number 14 on the overall list here, Kyle, share your knowledge. Maybe you got a good tip or something like that. Now, what I mean by that is don't run out and just tell someone you know some hot stock tip because that's typically not any good. But back to number five, when we talked about implementing a strategy or a budget or some way of kind of tracking things. Maybe you come across a really good app that really helped you or something like that. That kind of useful financial literacy, I think, can help other people, not just say, hey, I heard something was really good, to, you know, a good idea to buy, that kind of thing. Yeah, avoid the water cooler chatter. Right? Exactly. Like yeah. people at work were saying, oh, yeah, so and so's invested like this in their 401k and said, to, yeah, this to NFT do it is like great. This. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you have to understand like everybody's situation is different. Like that person that you're, you also have to keep in mind if you're the person giving advice, like you have to be careful because you don't, you might know the person, they might be one of your friends, but you don't know you know, their financial situation, their income situation and their goals, everything like that. I think the when I talk to people and they come through my classes and become clients, like one thing they're always sharing is like the the ins and outs of social security and how it's taxed and like, you know, the difference between IRAs and how Roths work and everything like that. that that's good general information, but you kind of have to be yeah. uh, aware of your surroundings and making sure you're not like giving advice, even though it's good advice for you, it might not be good advice. Oh, for, for sure. Else. Like I was talking with a, uh, a fellow business owner. I own a business. He owns a business. We were chatting. He asked me a couple of questions about, you know, about how to set things up or pays quarterly taxes, this, that, and the other. And I said, Hey, look, that's something you should definitely talk with your CPA about. And if you don't have one, that would be my, you know, my good financial sharing the knowledge, so to speak. Look, it's going to be worth it for you as a business owner to talk to the, uh, a professional to see you know what's going to be the best strategy on how to set up your corporation and how to pay yourself and so on and so forth. So that just something that simple can be helpful. Yep, I you would know? agree. So it's financial literacy. Pass it on. Remember those old commercials? Pass it on. A little star would come by on the <laughs> on the television. Uh, number fifteen. Look for some more donation opportunities, Kyle, in the new year. Maybe see if that you know if you're charitable minded, groovy, right? And that's great. You should do it because you want to do it. But if it can maybe help you from a tax standpoint, why not check it out? Yeah, if you're over a certain age and you're trying to do qualified charitable donations instead of raw, uh, required minimum distributions, like that's something you want to look at. But also, you know, just general donations, like you know, state of church or a charity or whatever it is, like that could potentially help your tax situation. But I always tell people, like, keep in mind long term. Like, you don't want to, you might not necessarily need it today, but you know, long term, you might actually need that money. So, um, just kind of, you know, you want to be donating and looking for opportunities. Yes, but making sure it's it's also a good decision long-term. Yep. Okay. Number 16, review your tax bracket so you don't get surprised maybe next year. So we're going into 22, so probably a little late now, but in 22, maybe make sure you understand where your tax bracket falls because we, we are looking at possible changes. Yeah. Married, single, depending on how you file, you have to understand. I always tell my client, like a competent advisor can break down a 1040 and they understand what they're looking at and saying, you know, here's what needs to happen. Like, I don't give you, I'm not filing your taxes, but like tax planning is a very big proponent of, you know, my business and, and for my clients is they have to understand one, like 
the American tax system is pay as you go. So just because you're in a 24% bracket doesn't mean everything's taxed at 24%, right? I would say review your tax return, not necessarily your tax bracket and have an understanding of what your modified adjusted gross income is going to be. And if there's maybe potentially room to fill up your tax bracket, right? Like when you're reviewing that, does it make sense to fill it up? Does it make sense to like max out your 401k contributions to take you down from the 32 down to the 24? Like all those little things add up over time. Mm -hmm. Okay. And then also reviewing that in the future. So like you have kind of have to look at that tax bracket also, even though things will change of what that's going to look like in retirement versus just assuming you're going to be in a lower tax bracket. Okay. All right. Uh, and maybe to along that line, we go to the next one here, number 17. We kind of talked about this a little bit on the, the prior podcast when we first kicked this thing off. Ask your advisor if a Roth conversion is right for you. Now, as the year, that's already kind of too late for this this year, but going in the next year, being prepared for maybe like the third quarter when this is going to become something you want to think about. Yeah. Roth conversions, again, it can get kind of tricky. Ideally, you shouldn't have to ask your advisor if a Roth conversion is right for you, right? Because you're paying them to give that advice to you already. Well, true. Yeah. But there's some situations where maybe you didn't ask about it or you know, you thought you didn't want tax planning or whatever it is. But it could even just be making Roth contributions to your 401k or funding money to your Roth. A Roth conversion is more high level. And typically you want to have a plan in place, not to just do it once, but you're going to be doing it over a handful of years to make sure you shift enough money over. But it definitely needs to be part of the uh, the overall plan for sure. Yeah. Especially to your point about tax efficiency, you, you want to make sure that you're doing that correctly if you are doing it so that you don't bump yourself up into a higher tax bracket. And again, that's where an advisor is certainly going to help you with all of that. Uh, number 18 on the 22 items here. Uh, Kyle, updating paycheck withholding. So if you had any major life changes or I don't know, maybe you just found out that when you were doing your taxes, you didn't have enough pulled out, just consider making some adjustments there. Yeah, that's pretty simple there, making sure your tax withholdings are updated. Let's just do this. Let's say you did do a Roth conversion and you're going to bump up from the 22 to the 24% bracket. Maybe you're doing a big chunks, right? Well, obviously, then you definitely want to update your paycheck withholdings to adjust okay, for yeah. that extra, extra earned income. So that's kind of how those two ties together. Yeah, nice. That makes sense. So some good tips here as we're talking about this stuff. Uh, number 19, Kyle, rebalancing our portfolio. Now, many people might go, well, I don't know how to do that. Now, if it's automated, some of these things can do it automatically. Target date funds are supposed to. But if you're not sure how, you know, obviously ask your advisor. But any any tips here? Yeah, definitely rebalance. So. The simple way is like inside your 401k, you should be able to automate it. But if not, just go in there maybe every quarter and rebalance it to your positions. Maybe you have like small cap, mid cap, large cap, and international with some bonds. And, you know, if you're in large cap, you know, the last handful of years, it might have got overweighted, right? So you always want to rebalance it because you don't know week to week, month to month, quarter to quarter, year to year, which asset class is going to better perform. So you always want to rebalance those back to the original destination. So, mm-hmm. You know, that there's been studies out there basically saying if you can do rebalancing at least quarterly, it increases your return by, I don't know if it, it was a small amount per year, it was like 0.1%, but you got to think that compounds over time. True. Yeah. And again, if it's something you don't understand, a lot of these services have a little checkbox on the site where you can kind of click that, it'll do it for you. But 
if it's a risk thing and you really haven't gone through the process of talking with an advisor, finding out what your risk tolerance is and then doing a proper rebalance based on the time of life you're in, again, that's another reason to maybe talk with a financial professional so you can get that portfolio set up the way that you need for you specifically, again, in the time of life that you find yourself in. Number 20, Kyle, plan out that strategy. So you mentioned on the, the first 11, we were talking about stuff, you said that transition into retirement. So maybe it's time to really start putting a little bit of uh, thought to that, some pen to paper and saying, hey, what do I want to do? Am I going cold turkey? Uh, do I want to part-time it? What's going to happen there? Yeah, planning out that transition, you don't want to wing it. Um, if we're talking about transition into retirement, it could just be, don't assume what you've did your whole working career as far as investing and how markets recover and perform and your returns are going to be the exact same when you go into retirement, right? Because that's not how it works. One, you're going to stop dollar cost averaging. You're not buying anymore. Typically, most people are going to sell. That's another discussion to have. Like, Don't stop dollar cost averaging. Find ways to keep buying even though you're not going to add cash flow in. Two, just understand you know, some people are going to go work part-time, um, maybe a different career. Like, What are you going to be doing? Like, You're going to have more time on your hands. Is that going to lead to you maybe you know spending more money where you haven't properly allocated at your expenses and you're going to have to over withdraw out of your accounts? So it's definitely planning out that strategy. One from an investing perspective, like you have to understand that it's not going to work the same, right? Yep. And then two, if it's more of like what you're going to do with your free time and career wise, like part time first, like what's it going to look like? Because that also plays a picture into your income and tax planning. All right. So our final one here, Kyle, number 21, kind of similar to back to a number 11 where they work together where 11 was getting organized. 21, as you're organizing, it might make sense to you for you to consolidate some things because you've went through that organization process and found that you got three 401ks and four IRAs and so on and so forth. And maybe simplifying things in 22 is on the horizon. Yeah. Consolidate for sure. Like I see this a lot with people. They have this idea of like diversifying. No, no, no. I can't have only one IRA account. Like, because they said not to have all your eggs in one basket. Like I can't have all my money with Charles Schwab. I go, well, that's not necessarily how it works. Like, right. You can still be diversified within one account. It's more or less for a tracking purposes and like understanding like tax implications of all these accounts. So consolidations is, is very important especially if you have like old 401ks and all this stuff, like you want to make sure you're investing with a purpose. Yeah. Consolidate should be on the top list of everybody. If you have old stuff or multiple accounts, like consolidate like, like, like titled accounts, like taxable accounts, tax deferred and tax free. Um, but then making sure those are properly invested within the consolidation. Okay. Well, there you go. So there is 21 of the 22 items. Uh, some money resolutions to ponder or consider going into the new year. And number 22 is a little cheesy and a little self-serving, but we figured it was an easy way to round it off. And that is just listen to more episodes of this podcast. And you can do so by subscribing to the podcast Financially Fit on Apple, Google, Spotify, iHeart, Stitcher. Just type in Financially Fit in the search box. Not very hard to do. Or just go to Kyle's website, mocanwealth.com. That's mocanwealth.com. And by subscribing, you get past episodes. We are on, this is number 51 as we're closing out the year. So we'll be back with some new ones next year. So there's plenty to catch up on if you haven't listened to any. Uh, lots of good tools, tips, and resources to be found at Kyle's website, including the podcast. So go to mocanwealth.com. That's M-O-K-A-N wealth.com. And Kyle, that's going to do it for us. 22 items, 22 money resolutions for 2022. All right. Thank you. Yeah, I appreciate it, man. Have yourself a good new year and I will see you sometime in January. We'll get started again. Yep. Take care. All right. We'll talk to you next time right here on Financially Fit with Kyle Hammerschmidt.
Investment advisory services offered through Retirement Wealth Advisors, Inc., RWA, an SEC-registered investment advisor. Mocan Wealth Management and RWA are not affiliated. Investing involves risk, including the potential loss of principal. No investment strategy can guarantee a profit or protect against loss in periods of declining values. Opinions expressed are subject to change without notice and are not intended as investment advice or to predict future performance. Past performance does not guarantee future results. Consult your financial professional before making any investment decision. This information is designed to provide general information on the subjects covered. It is not, however, intended to provide specific legal or tax advice and cannot be used to avoid tax penalties or to promote, market, or recommend any tax plan or arrangement. Please note that Mocan Wealth Management and its affiliates do not give legal or tax advice. You are encouraged to consult your tax advisor or attorney.